It's the Cross Conference Cast, the podcast that women's soccer deserves, back with another episode. This is your co-host, Joan Stewart. This episode, we covered the NCAA tournament and a little bit of U.S. women's national team news. Again, we're experimenting with the format and trying to focus on one or two topics per episode. Uh, let us know how you like it. You can reach Ruth and I at crossconference at gmail.com. We can also be found at crossconference.com on Tumblr, and you can also subscribe and rate our show on iTunes. This episode was recorded December 20th, 2012. I'm sorry. Hello, I am Joan. And I'm Ruth. And now we have another episode. We're trying this new stuff. How are you doing, Ruth? Um, you know, surviving. The world didn't didn't quite end during the break between podcasts. Yeah, we've still got time, though. And, it, you know, it's going to be a full 24 hours of December 21st. Um, I have a massage cane right now because um, we're going to talk about some painful stuff. Stuff that's uh, going to give us... Cause some tension, tension in the shoulders. So, uh, sadness in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to get right into it now. Um, we didn't really talk too much about this college season. Well, I didn't, we did not together. Right. Um, I think it was mutually painful. It was not so good. Um, it was maybe better for you, but not so great for me. Um, the NCAA season for me for Portland tough. We got into the playoffs. Yay! We made it to the second round, and I don't want to talk about <laughs> after that. But um, the tournament this year was it exciting for you? Um, it was. I mean, I was. I was. Um, you know, I was following Penn State pretty closely all season. And been really happy with um, with uh, their game against Stanford back in August, and um, was really happy with their record this season. Yeah, and they had a good they had a good run in in the postseason. Um, at least in great the national run. tournament, it was great. Yes, <laughs> it was. Fancy had an amazing postseason run, historic for them. It was great. Yeah. Um, uh, and they were a lot of fun to watch. The only exception was the um, the game against Duke, and a lot of that had to do with the super crappy weather, um, which was super super crappy weather. <laughs> it was it was cold and it was very very windy, um, which really colored the game. But they bounced back from from that and just played a ridiculously fun game against Florida State. Just amazing (laughs) (laughs) who also made it to the final four god why does it keep happening did you know that they were like ranked number one most of the season yes but doesn't mean they should go to the final four no no i i agree i just i constantly forgot that they existed even though they were ranked number one (laughs) they can't catch a break poor florida state um oh yeah how awful (laughs) yeah real rough for them um 
but encapsulating, I guess, the NCAA tournament as a whole, and maybe the season as a whole. Of course, North Carolina coming out on top for their, is it their 20-something 20, 20 uh, <laughs> national title? <laughs> um, yet they had what, I mean, for if you were a North Carolina fan, neither of us are, this had to have been a very <laughs> up-and-down season. Like, I mean, at ultimately... A wonderful season, considering where the team started out. Um, losing to Portland, <laughs> um, which I mean, yay, congrats, Portland! <laughs> congrats to, to Portland. I mean, obviously for for doing what no other Portland team had ever done before. Um, and there are were better teams that uh, faced better North Carolina teams. Or worse, North Carolina teams too, probably. But um, but there were very good Portland teams that uh, got beat by North Carolina, probably uh, assisted by some spotty refereeing. Probably white wing, probably definitely. Um, but uh, so many teams beat North Carolina <laughs> this year. So one would. I don't think anybody expected them really to come away with that national championship, yet they did. Um, even Anson Dorrance seemed to say that the team overachieved. Uh, though it would have been nicer had uh, the uh, television announcers not spent, you know, the past 90 minutes before him saying that, like just basically giving North Carolina ha- a hand job, like for the entire 90 minutes. That you mean like they nice. have for the past however many years? They can manage to do it uh, less in games, but holy crap, could not stop talking about them. Uh, Granted, Penn State didn't give them a whole lot to talk about, but yeah. ugh, they could have bounced back. They could have. Um, but I, they didn't have the depth of bench that... I don't think, you can't blame it on the bench. And I mean, as much like I've complained in the past about substituting, but that it's college soccer. That's exactly the rules of the game. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't blame it on the bench. You can't. I just think that, um, you can't blame North Carolina for playing the rules that are there that are, that's true. You like, there's, don't complain about that because, you know, because they don't want to play the soccer that you know, you think they should be playing when they're just playing by the rules that are, you know, completely there that within, you know, their eligibility, they have lots of money and things. And, and not even that people want to play for them for, for no money. They will, they will walk on. So it, uh, it's, it's tough to say. And right, right. It's not even, it's not even so much that as, um, you know, after after the tournament, after they won, like there were a bunch of people talking about how they play really great soccer, and um, you know, is this a system that would work for the national team? And blah blah blah, all this other crap, and like how to you know be more like North Carolina? It's like that really only works in that specific circumstance. Like it you does. can't you can't steamroll like North Carolina does without you know without those specific rules. Yeah, that that is correct. Like outside of college soccer, you can't you can't do things like that. Um, 
And inside of college soccer, if you don't have that kind of bench, then then you can't do it. True. But I wouldn't say that the bench is the only reason why North Carolina won. I mean, they completely changed their system in the second half. And, oh yeah, I mean, and Penn, Penn State, State did not do a thing. It was so I was getting angry. I was like, "You can't, like, Anson Dorrance can't be that smart. Is he that smart? That like, I mean, maybe it's just that they had the right players who bought into the that particular s- system. Both systems, um, and knew no, no, work. Penn State totally had some definite um, bouts of stupidity, which you know, that's I mean, that's. The Penn State that <laughs> that I was afraid was going to rear its head all season. Um, I mean, they they lost out in the Big Ten tournament because they just had a relatively stupid game. Um, they kind of looked like the USU twenties in in that final match against North Carolina. Like the U twenties had some just stupid games. They had the the personnel to to pull off better than they did. and But, I mean, it worked out for the U-20s. The U-20s won their tournament, and it didn't work out for Penn State because it happened in the final game. <laughs> so, Indeed. I mean, I, it was that was a frustrating game to watch. Or second, I'm sorry, second half. The first half was great. That was, that was you know, there was action. And, and the second half, it was like, did you forget to play? Nitty line? Did you forget to come out? You're all seemingly there, but... It was especially frustrating in light of the Florida State game, which was just... That was Penn State pretty much at their best. (laughs) But credit to North Carolina. They did exactly what they needed to do. Um, And it's... I mean, it's it's a history of knowing what you need to do and then doing it. So, I mean... It's nice that we have <laughs> we've been able to break their streaks. We, as in everybody else in college yeah. soccer, but um, I, I I don't think you know I, their approaches are by any means outdated or uh, uh, not working. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this season I don't know. It's a crapper. BYU. Um, I, I have a new, um, a new team entering into my top five least favorite. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it's, I, I just, I can't really put my finger on what I don't like about them. Um, I just don't. I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like them at all. Um, I and I maybe I maybe don't hate them as much as I hate like UNC or Germany. Um, but wow, I really don't like BYU. Yeah. So tell me more about that because it seemed like there's plenty of people who are like there. There's lots of other people who will say that they don't like Germany and say that they don't like. Um, UNC. I mean, you're, you are not alone. Um, certainly not alone on this podcast with, with like, <laughs> um, but BYU seems new. It seems personal, doesn't it? Yeah. It seems like, 
Oh. And it's not even just that, you know, they came into our conference and they shook shit up and they kind of took over. No, it's not that. It's that they keep stealing players. Um. <laughs> oh, do you want to talk about that? No. Um, no, I don't. Hmm. I, maybe the dust will settle and these rabble rousers um, will... Uh, I mean, are they actually good, or was it just a perfect storm this season? Like, you know... Oh, it was a perfect storm. Portland sometimes was a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> I love every single player on that team, but... Oh, boy. So, some stuff needs to get sorted out. Um, when you're together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Santa Clara will grow into themselves. It'll be okay. God willing. It'll be okay, guys. It'll be okay. Um, <laughs> do we have any conference changes this year? I mean, oh, Maryland leaving the uh, ACC for uh, the big, big, what 10? is it, 34? Big 34? What they call it? Oh, Big 10. Yeah. There's a whole article that I have in Instapaper that I haven't read yet <laughs> about why Maryland left the ACC. But suffice it to say, I donated to their alumni association, and the next day they leave uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference. Which is I really was, weird. That like, soccer-wise? Yeah. I mean, I know decisions are never made because of soccer. <laughs> but, um, wow, that is just... It feels really weird, and I love the Big Ten. Um, I did not go to a Big Ten school. I didn't either, but um, I like... Big Ten soccer is very American. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it's very consistent, and I like that about it. Um, And Big Ten actually produces some decent players, uh, even though they go largely overlooked in college because um, because they're in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but Maryland, I mean, we've both watched Maryland soccer, and that's not really a system that makes sense in the Big Ten. <laughs> Who knows? It's a topsy turvy world. Should it survive the next week? Uh there's just so many things that I just don't understand about what's going on. Right, right. Because the Big East is not going to survive the next week. Or at all. <laughs> I don't... I don't know. Okay, so uh, in case, like, people are listening to the podcast and haven't been keeping up with all the crazy, Notre Dame is going to the ACC. And Maryland's leaving the ACC. And Pitt and Syracuse are also going to the ACC. And all of a sudden, like, everyone's fleeing the Big East. And for a while there, it looks like the Big East was only going to be um, Marquette and Georgetown, so far as, you know, any big players counted. And then Rutgers left, and... Everything broke down. <laughs> like, I guess all the Catholic schools decided 
we've had enough of this secular stuff and um and they're talking about dissolving the conference which is fine because it sort of wasn't the east anymore it was just big but who knows what's going to happen now i don't know and i just need some stability in my life in yeah the ncaa and like <laughs> big east was kind of important in women's soccer so this is kind of uh this is kind of a big deal I mean, it's not the ACC, and it's not the West Coast Conference, but, you know, it's still kind of important. Did you know that Amy Rodriguez has a college championship, and Alex Morgan does not? (laughs) (laughs) I did know that, because the Bears, like, never made it past the second (laughs) or third round. Um um, it's just one thing I thought the other day. I think I wrote it down somewhere, but I just I didn't feel like uh, tweeting it. Um, but speaking of those players who were in college, um, USC just doesn't matter anymore. It do doesn't. It, it does mattered not. for like one year. <laughs> there was like two a, a two year period where it was like, oh, this is important Trojans, um, and then nope, nope. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the national team. And then we're going to talk about women's soccer in general. I know I don't have it on the list here, but we'll do that. Um, Because college is just depressing me. Now it's time to get angry. No. Um, New U.S. women's national team coach, Tom Sermani. Hmm. Uh, (laughs) How do you feel about Tom Sermani? I mean, Um. you've liked Australia in the past. Yeah, but I don't think it ever had anything to do with the coach. Sort of like I like New Zealand, but it never had anything to do with Herdman. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really glad that it never had anything mm-hmm. to do with Herdman. Um, Sermani. Well, he's not Tony DeChico, which was one of the names that was thrown around. Um, and I don't really care that he's not a woman. Um I mean, although it'd be kind of funny if, if he was, and he just hadn't told anyone that he wanted to identify as a she, and then all of this stupid conversation about, oh, how terrible it is that U.S. soccer didn't pick a female coach to lead the senior national team <laughs> would just be blown out of the water. Um I don't know. I I glazed right over all that conversation because basically we got the woman coach we wanted. Granted, we got her four years later than, you know, we wanted her. But, you know, we got Pia eventually, who was the the coach that everybody basically wanted. Right. Um, And who won games but did zero for development. Yeah, not so much that. And I think, oh gosh, I wish I had written it down. But there's been a few interviews uh, and a new sense that makes me really think that her hands were tied with a lot of things. Um, I think, oh, it might have been, she, she's not calling up Landstrom to the Swedish national team. Uh, and it's And that's interesting. Like, why wouldn't she call up this big name that doesn't score that often, actually? <laughs> Um, 
goodness. Um, so she has a reason to not call up someone who she thinks is not performing or is not performing actually. Um, so huh. I, I mean, it that it's really definitely a conspiracy theory because there's no solid written evidence that says other people are choosing most of these rosters for her, right? Or making Except most the- of these decisions for her. Um, so I don't know. Um, Tom Sermani. No, no. What were you gonna say? No, I just mean it's um, you know, the national team has always been flat out about politics sort of like the leagues like people have talked about oh you know it's great there's only going to be eight teams because that'll be a concentration of talent and only the top players will play that's a load of bull like that has never been the case it's always about politics it's about who you know it's about you know who you've sucked up to it's about who's game i thought you were going to say something else (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) No, no, that's no. I'm not that's gonna... college. <clears throat> um, <laughs> that's other countries. <laughs> that is other countries, isn't it? Oh, gross. Um, um, no, I didn't just go there. Um, we'll cut all this out. All of this is going. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it is it is political, and it's going to continue to be political. And so, who's coaching doesn't really matter to me. Um, so, you know, even if we had gotten Sermani or Herdman or, you know, another Pia, like, whatever, it's still politics. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be politics. Mm -hmm. Um, that's why Paul Riley didn't get the job. Because he's (laughs) not good at playing politics. Um, and he doesn't have a bushy, bushy mustache. Uh... (laughs) Neither did Pia. <laughs> um, she didn't even have a beard. So a, a couple times on some of the fan celebration tours, the excruciating fan celebration. Is, is that what it was called? I don't remember. Um, is it celebrate your gold this year or is it something else? I don't know. Greatness has been found. Um but anyway, Kate Markoff said a few times that, like, the, the roster that was playing in this celebration tour was basically the core of the team that will be called up under Tom Sermani. Um, wow, that's depressing. And that was very honest and sort of like, oh, gosh, what is the point then? Uh, but, I mean, and then I, I look at this article from Allie Krieger saying... Um, uh, she has to prove herself. I can't come in and say, I'm Allie Krieger. And all I think is, but can't you? <laughs> can't you just go in and say, I'm Allie Krieger? Isn't that kind of how it works? <laughs> I'm Ed <Ed-Wombuck. laughs> Wombuck. I, I don't know. that. I, there's been this discussion that it will be based in the, uh, that there will be a lot of camps based in the Home Depot Center, and it makes me think back to what was it, 2005 when we had like super camps. Remember those? Like, oh yeah, full there, there is going. It's what is it? It's supposed to be like a 60 player super camp, and yeah, and can you imagine U23s being 23s and U21s or U19, whatever. Can you imagine being one of those poor, like, from the, one of those players from the 60 to 70 range who just misses the cut to go into camp? Like, oh, 
That's a lot of players. It but, is. I mean, which you you would hope like that that sounds like a good sign or something like that. Um, because in two thousand five it felt good, but of course in two thousand five we had Ryan. Um, so we got Marcy Jobson. <laughs> what the heck was that? What the that heck was, was the that? Beginning of the end for our how does a person get their like a, a start on their very first cap against Australia? How does that happen? Greg Ryan, that's how that happens. Um, remember that was when that was inflicted on us. Thank you. Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> just consider the other midfielders we had at the time, and you start Jobson over them. Oh. <laughs> I don't think she was Jobson at the time, though. No, she was Miller, Marcy Miller. Um, I now I'm like you fan, you new fans better feel lucky. You better feel a thing lucky that you didn't have to live through that. We've <laughs> seen hard times, hard times. We've seen Pino with a mullet. She didn't have a mullet. Mm, it was very German and awful. No, it was more like a swirly. It was a little, <laughs> like somebody had, she had let the hair get a little bit long and then someone dunked her head in the toilet. And, <laughs> and uh, that's what it looked like. I'm sure there's a, I'm sure that you could find the picture somewhere. That's what it looked like. Um... We've lived through some bad stuff. Stuff you don't want to see. Yeah. Stuff that we just, we can't repeat. Just thank your lucky stars. We had, we had to watch Match Tracker alone in Algarve, during the Algarve Cup, and we liked it. (laughs) Without Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, there's no Twitter. There was no Tumblr. There was... They was waiting for those updates. Anyway. <laughs> PKs on Match Tracker. Oh, and God. we had to sit through, oh, how many PKs did did 2006 put us through? It was, <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> um, I, anyway, moving on. Um, no more fan celebration tour. That's over. There's games Yay! in February. Two games against Scotland for the U.S. Women's National Team in Jacksonville, uh, Florida, and Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and the roster will be exactly the same. Probably. So, probably. you know, get excited for those roster announcements because it's going to be a flashback um, to the past four years. And we have a related question from a listener about that. Um, but <laughs> And then I guess the Allgraf Cup in March. Um Right, right during the, the new soul. Yeah, new soul. <laughs> I was going to call it the new soul. <laughs> right during the league's preseason. Mm-hmm. Right, you're going to take away the star um, players. Yeah. Because the roster won't change for Algarve. No, it probably won't. Um, but let's address this listener email. It's sort of about the national team. And uh, it's from Joshua, who sent this to us in a in October. Sorry, Joshua. Loyal listener, Joshua. Um, 
He says, I have a question about the recent victory tour. That's what it was called. <laughs> Matches at the U.S. <laughs> played against Germany. It was great to see youth players, even though they were German, playing for a national team in fairly competitive matches, which they were competitive. Yeah, they were, <laughs> both of them ended up uh, draws, right? Um, as I'm sure you've heard, Germany brought five U-20 players from this past summer's World Cup, and they played well. Um, Morosen. <laughs> let's, let's note that the U-20 tournament was late August. So it wasn't like, you know, midsummer or early summer. These yeah. kids were recently yeah. U-20s. And uh, uh, Alexandra Pop are known commodities by most women's soccer fans. But Germany also showcased a relatively unknown, to me at least, Farina Feist, and a player that's become a stalwart in their midfield in Kim Kulik, both of whom are old enough to be U23 players. Here's my question. If the U.S. were merely playing a series of friendlies, who from the U20 or U23 teams would you like to see called up? Would any of them be able to make as big an impact as, as Morosin? Um, I will let you take the first crack at this. <laughs> well, um... I feel like we can answer the the last question quickest and easiest and most succinctly, and um, the answer is no. <laughs> no. None of them would be able to make that a kind of impact. Um, we don't develop that kind of player that can be... Um, that can, like, make it. Uh, if we had any player that could impact, like her, um, they'd be on the team. That's that's pretty much how Alex Morgan got on the team because she could do stuff that no one else on the team was doing, um, and even she's not as good as Morosin. So, so yeah, I think the answer there is no. If a but not to the the first question, who would you want to see called up? Right, who would I want to see called up? Um, Nairn. <laughs> Nairn no, that was, like, that was serious. I'm not, I mean, granted, we wanted to see her called up, what, four years ago? Well, she was called up in 2009. She was capped. Sort of gold. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would like, I think that she is a better player now. And I, I think she's a more mature player. And I think we've seen a real difference. We've seen a lot of growth from her in the past few years. Um, and I think Definitely, I would I would like to see Nairn called up. Um, let's see, U23 range. I think Kristen Press is still in the U23 range. Um, and I'd like her to get capped just so that everyone can stop talking about how amazing she is and how she needs to get capped. Um, so let's just get that one off the table. <laughs> uh, Julie Johnston. Julie Johnston, U20 player. Um, I think she's got to be in the mix. Um, Bianca Henninger. And I'm not just, like, saying these because they're Broncos. Um, these are two, like, phenomenal players um, who I think would bring a lot to the team if they were given the chance. Um, let's see. Let's see. I feel like it's so easy to just like randomly pick out forwards, and I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> for the senior squad, 
Oh. Becky Edwards and Kaylin Winters. I would like to see <laughs> them called in and capped. <laughs> that would be, I think Kaylin Winters, mm, no, she's not. I don't think she is. No. Um, but of the Chilean team, only mm-hmm. three of them are capped. And oh, gosh. That's Sid, Nairn. Alex, and Nairn. That's, and Nairn has only had like two games. Absolute, that, that's a crime. That is a crime. Come on. Nair, oh. like, Nair hasn't been capped, and. Oof. Uh, there's. Yeah. I mean. There used to be a certain level of guarantee that there would be quite a few players from U20, formerly U19 tournaments, being called up into the full national team. There used to, like, I feel as recently as probably 2006 was the last year where we had that guarantee where you would see five, at least, people from the U20 teams be brought in. I mean, at least to camps. And then Three, maybe picked up for the full for the full national team. Let's see. I From feel- 2006, we had A Rod, Cheney, mm-hmm. Denisha Adams, which I'm sure most people have forgotten about because that was like 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was before, mm-hmm. huh? Uh, well, there's uh, there was Tobin Heath, um, the other one, Kel- Kelly O'Hara. Well, yeah, Kelly O'Hara. Uh, Casey Nagara is capped. Casey Nagara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she's um, even scored, scored a goal. Um, Stephanie Cox. I know Bach. Bach was in camps for a while. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, We're probably missing some. Oh, Tina DiMartino. Tina DiMartino. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were, I mean, there was a certain level of, I don't know. I mean, that 2006 was the dream team, but... Even from 2004 and 2002, those are groups of players that got called up. And now, like... And often got called up during college. Like, yeah. When was the last time we had a college player with the seniors? Other than Nairn. Like, skip over Nairn, because Alex, that was weird. No, I think she was a pro. No. She was a pro in the World Cup. Um... She, she was a, she had graduated or she had used up her eligibility for the qualifiers that she played in the flash. Um, gosh. So there, hmm. I don't, so it would have been someone from that 2006 group might've been Heath, but I honestly can't remember when she got capped. I do really believe that the 2008, 2010, 2012, that those players were not good enough for the full national team or like, or can't compete up to that level. Is that what people believe? Well, Cause and, that's, the, and that's the behavior that's demonstrated. <laughs> 2006 is the year that they came in fourth. 2008. Like, they nailed it, and they got gold, and they beat Germany, and they beat North Korea, and... Uh. But that that team was not about, necessarily about individual talent. Um, 
but there were still there were certainly uh, extremely talented players um, on that team beyond the two that, <laughs> that we have picked. Um, so uh, there's plenty of people that we would love to see called up, um, but. It's weird that that time seems to have passed in terms of, you know, these, these people moving into, I I think that because, because the, the WPS came along right after the Olympics that, uh, Pia was relying very heavily on the professional league to develop that talent rather than looking at the younger people. Right, and the Nordic Cup was done away with, so like there really wasn't much reason for anyone to commit to a U23 camp or right. for the U23s to do anything at all. Right, right. Um, and I don't know, hopefully that will be a mistake that the uh, national team learns from. We can only hope, because we, we want to love them again. Um, some of us do anyway. But <laughs> No, no, I, I always want to love them again, but I have no faith in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, time will tell. Time will tell. We have a good three years to um, uh, see what happens to this really, I, I mean, it's an exciting group of players that are young right now. It is. It's really sad, though, that, you know, those those girls that played in the 2008 tournament, um they're on that bubble where they're at the point where they have to decide, okay, am I going to, am I going to keep trying in a league that's not going to pay anything to make it into a team that, you know, that nobody gets called into anymore? Or am I going to get a real job and, you know, start my life? Like, yeah, I think we've lost, we've lost some amazing players because, we haven't had the league or we haven't had the stability or, you know, someone somewhere decided that we couldn't call people into camps <laughs> or cap them. I guess they got called into camps, but no caps. <laughs> Remember when Brittany Klein was in camps? No, it was so long ago. <laughs> With Ella Masser and Brittany Bach. Ages, ages ago. <laughs> oh gosh, um, national team. Anyway, uh, we're now at. That was not much of an answer, minutes. but yeah, I'm sorry, Josh. We don't have a great like. I think. I don't think we have Germany, a positive enough yeah, outlook. <laughs> Germany just does different, more exciting things than us. Would we bring five U20s to Germany to play in a friendly? Hell no. No. No, no, no. We would not. We wouldn't. We wouldn't do that, even if it was a scrimmage, a closed door right. scrimmage. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't bring them to Finland. Um, we we wouldn't. We would not bring them to a game against Chinese Taipei. <laughs> You're right. We wouldn't. Oh gosh, we, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> um, oh gosh. So I, let's. I I want to stop talking about these dire, sad things. And, um, talk to you, Ruth, personally. Um, no, uh, I've been listening to this other podcast called, um, I don't know, uh, S, um, 
R-D. Oh, gosh. Let me, let me pull it up. It's Sneakers Media. Uh, shit. I'm going to have to cut this part <laughs> out. Anyway, SDMR. There we go. Sneaker Design Media Retail. Um, and they talk about branding and stuff and product and sneakers stuff. I don't know why I listened to it. But I was thinking about the future of women's soccer, both on the like, promotional side, you know, branding, uh, athletics, the sportswear type of thing. And I don't know if that's interesting to you. If it's not, we can cut it all out. <laughs> um, but I'm wondering, like, what you see as the future because NW's up. SL seems to have done a good thing and kicked Puma out because Puma did done bad by us. Basically, they did some stupid, stupid stuff and amazingly uh, suggested even dumber stuff to the WPS. Uh, what was it, jumpsuits or something or one piece capes? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy stuff. They uh, uh, Have they announced who the new sponsor is? I don't think so, but I, with Seattle and Portland in the league, I can't imagine why they wouldn't get Nike on board. Um, and, uh, you know, th- this is where, where I'm kind of going with that. Like, the, the, there are new faces um, to promote out there uh, and different kinds of faces. And, like, uh, Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe and... You know, Alex Morgan getting this campaign for um, just the, the cold wear stuff. Um, you know, Hope Solo is still there. They're probably phasing out Abby Wambach in terms of a face. But, like, they tried to do other promotional stuff in between, like, Mia's retirement to, you know, the the World Cup Olympics. With They tried to do stuff with Shannon Box. Nike did, you know, um... Adidas did some stuff with Heather O'Reilly. It was not lighting any fires, you know? Um, but uh, Nike can push Alex Morgan pretty hard. Megan Rapino had her own damn t-shirt, you know, uh, made by some fan of just her hair. Like, that's, a, like, from a branding perspective and from, like, a, you know, a visibility perspective, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So I think I think a lot of the best stuff is going to be fan driven. I don't I don't think I mean look at the crap that Nike did with the with the Olympics. <laughs> Greatness has been found. That's true. That's a good point. They they kind of blew that one pretty hard. I don't know who thought that one up though. Um uh but I don't like Lauren Cheney has Under Armour, I think, as a sponsor. Um, who's on Adidas still? Uh, Heather O'Reilly. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Christy Rimpone is still on Adidas. Uh, so I don't People. Know. I don't know. Like, but for, but from a promotional standpoint, there there are more things to to push out there rather than just Mia or. Just Abby Wambach and hoping that somebody, you know, latches on to her. I, I, I wonder how Nike felt about that. <laughs> um, uh, her like being the go-to person. Who were like, you know, <laughs> she's an amazing athlete and everything, but she's not really going to sell a whole lot of shoes. Um, 
And you can't imagine putting in her, putting her in like a campaign like well I mean it, it's a strange compare it's it does not it's not an equal comparison but like Cristiano Ronaldo's sportswear campaign it's very very slick um, stuff that he gets uh, I don't know I think the the women are starting to get that a little bit I don't know is that is that interesting to you at all because otherwise I'll just cut out yeah no let's stuff. let's let's roll with it. Because at least then this particular segment is not <laughs> is not all depressing. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I don't know. Or did you want to do this as a separate episode? No, I don't think it. Did. I don't. Not right now, anyway. Um, but I, that that's just something I was thinking about, especially Marketing. now that we're in the doldrum years. So it's like, oh, we have to hopefully attach on to this league. I think right, and they can experiment now because they're not, you know. Right. I mean, they've, they've got this opportunity. Actually, the interesting thing is the marketers have this opportunity to create players. And if they create someone and create them popular enough, then they'll have like an Allie Krieger on their hands where it's like, yeah, actually, she can just walk into camp and say her name and they'll pick her up. <laughs> Although that's interesting that Allie Krieger is not, is not one of those faces right now. Like, who's her sponsor? Nike. She's sponsored by Nike, but she, she got really? injured. She got injured, and she didn't really blow up until the World Cup. Like, I don't think she was blowing up during uh, qualifying for the World Cup. Um, I think Right, it, but it Kelly was, O'Hara got a campaign. Yeah, Kelly O'Hara did. And then, of course, she got benched, and her <laughs> position totally changed. Right. Um, Which everyone forgets. She's not a defender. Yeah. Um... Then, but but let's be honest, not a lot of people on that back line are defenders. You know what I'm saying? Um, What's the last time we had a real defender? (laughs) (laughs) Who played their natural position? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it depends on how committed, uh, Nike is to, you know, uh, the, the players, particularly, you know, on the women's national team, but also um, the rest of the sport. See if they see if they're interested in the new still. I know they get anybody. Anybody at Nike hates that that <laughs> name. <laughs> uh, four letters. Nope. Um, but it starts with an N. <laughs> that's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come but, on. And you know that, like, one of the first things they're going to do is intersecting the ends. Like, But they're pushing soccer a lot more, like, in the States. And they're doing, um, and, and the, like, the the indoor shoes for soccer are really catching on in terms of a, a like, a, on a street level. It's kind of interesting. So I think there's an opportunity there that the right heads, people with the right uh, managers and agents can get in on that. God willing. Um, <laughs> I would love it if Christine Sinclair were one of those people, but I think Adidas is her sponsor and Adidas is so lukewarm about women's soccer. I mean, they, I think they give their players a lot of money. Um, but like a lot of money of- to, yeah, in terms of ad- yeah, advertising <laughs> or you know any promotional stuff, it, it's not done by them. 
Hmm. So that's it, it, maybe they just haven't found the right player to sign with them. Uh, so I don't know. Anyway, this episode has been very strange. Um, we will be back with another yeah, episode. Yeah, well, I'll have to think about this for next time. Well, I'll have something written down and not less and a lot less last minute. You won't. You won't spring it on me. <laughs> you know, I won't spring it on you last minute. It was just th- something that was in my head that needed to get out. Um, right. right. Sort of like those of bees other buzzing. Yeah, bees. Bees in the bonnet. Which I. <laughs> you know what? We could. There will be something in between now and the next podcast to talk about with regards to bees. <laughs> Believe you me. Hope Solo will not go untalked about. <laughs> right, because allocation's at the end of the month. Yeah. Oh, Five, my five. gosh. What if she went to Kansas City? God, I could only hope and pray. What if every team passed on her and then they, she got to Kansas City? We shouldn't say that. She's an okay goalkeeper, I guess. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Let's end this episode and uh, I'll... Uh, We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Carry what I can, and I'm still making good bones are hollow. That's where I keep my marrow. This quiver in my lip, that's just where I keep my arrows. I fold up my ideas, I pack them deep inside my skull. I got the string theory. Doesn't work to push, you gotta pull so I'm